If you have your Bible, I want you to take your Bible out. We're going to be in the book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. Did you have a good Christmas? Amen. Had a good Christmas? Listen, it's great. It's, Christmas, some of you probably took down your tree and your decorations. It's okay. It's not the new year yet, okay? We have a couple days, so enjoy the Christmas season. Uh, it's, you can still say Merry Christmas. I'm okay with that. And uh, so it's still a Merry Christmas. But I get to wish you also today a Happy New Year. Uh, listen, uh, it is 2019 in two days. Does anyone like feel unprepared for 2019? Like it came too fast. It's so quick that 2019 is here. Uh, listen, I love when, 20, oh, when New Year's come. I love to uh, set goals for myself. I, I don't always hit my goals, though, to be honest with you. But I love to set the goals. It's fun. I love to think ahead. I love to plan ahead. I love it. I love everything about it. Uh, I love Christmas time as well. And I just, this is like the best time. The next two days, you know what I'm going to be doing? Nothing. Nothing at all. And uh, I'm going to enjoy the rest with my family and do nothing, okay? Uh, so pray for me while I do nothing the next couple days. Uh, listen, I know that as we get ready for 2019, uh, if maybe some of you saw, uh, let, me, let me backtrack here. Uh, the message title today is called Dealing with Difficulty. And uh, I know as we look forward into 2019, some of us, um, it's hard to look forward uh, it's difficult to look for because some we talk about 2019. Oh, new plans, new things, new fun. You know, let's accomplish something. But to be honest with you, when 2018 has so many cares and burdens and difficult times that carry over into 2019, like let me just get through today. You ever feel that way? Would you pray with me? This message might be a little difficult for me to get through, and might be. Uh, difficult for you to listen to. Uh, hopefully not, but uh, it's going to be uh, a message dealing with difficulty. And we sang a song called It Is Well With My Soul. And if you weren't able to sing that song at the top of your lungs, if for some reason today is hard and looking forward to 2019 is difficult, I'm going to pray right now that by the time we get to the end of this, myself and you would be able to sing It Is Well With My Soul, okay? Let's pray together. Father, I come to you this morning, and I just pray for these people, and I pray for myself, I pray for my family, I pray for their families. And God, we know that if you don't come back, and if you give us another year of life, that there are things you want us to accomplish. God, we know there are people you want us to reach. There are things in our life that you want to change and you want to work on us and lead us to be better followers of you. But God, I pray for those right now in this room that are dealing with difficult circumstances. Lord, you know their difficulty. And I pray that today, according to your word, you would show us how to deal with it. Lord, sometimes our burdens are so heavy. And Lord, today I ask for your help. I pray that you would relieve some burdens today. I pray that you would change our perspective according to your word. I pray, God, that more than ever today, we would know that you are with us in our trials. And I just pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Matthew 6.34, I'm going to read this before we get into our passage. It says, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. You know, I said, it's hard to look forward to 2019 when today is tough enough to get through. And that's what Jesus said. He, He makes it plain and clear that today has enough of its own evil, enough of its own problems. And There'll be enough problems tomorrow, but how do we deal with difficult times? You know, I've, I've really, uh, you know, have one message on my mind. I, I, I thought, man, what am I going to preach on today? Lord, lead me in this. Am I going to preach on, uh, you know, get ready for the new year and try and charge you up? But sometimes you really don't feel like preaching a message like that. Sometimes it's... it's uh, you don't always feel charged up. Has anyone ever been there with me? You know, you're not always all on it all the time. And uh, for some of us, 2018 has been hard. Uh, you say, was 2018 up or down? Sometimes we look at 2018 and say, you know what? Had a lot of downs in 2018. It's hard. And... Uh, I want to share with you some things about my life, and some of you know our situation, and some of you don't, and uh, thankfully my mom's here, so hopefully she'll cry the whole sermon, because uh, it's a sad situation that we're going to talk about, but uh, my mom uh, came down, she wanted to hear her boy preach, and so she's here today, and uh, so 2018, interesting for our family, I, if you don't know much about my family, I have three kids, my oldest son, Brock, is seven. I've got a daughter, she is six, her name is Lana, and then I have a younger son, Graham, he's four years old, and they're awesome kids, a lot of fun. Uh, about, let's see, Brock was three years old, about four years ago, uh, we, we noticed, like, why, our son Brock, all the time, he would just fall down. He'd be walking, and we're like, this is the clumsiest kid in the world, because he would just fall, and he'd always have a lump on his head, and we're like, why does this kid keep falling down all the time? And uh, we just figured that he wasn't picking his feet up. And so we got him different shoes. And we're like, maybe we'll try different shoes for him. And then we realized once Lana, his younger sister, started growing and started running around, that Lana was way faster than Brock was. Uh, Lana could run circles around Brock. And we're like, what is wrong? Does he just, is he just lazy? Does he not like to run? What's the problem here? We're trying to figure it out. Like, what is going on with Brock? So we took Brock to the pediatrician. And uh, we're like, could you we're, you know, he's healthy. You tell us he's healthy. He's fine. But can you just watch him run, please? And uh, we, uh, the doctor uh, watched him run and she, she didn't really tell us anything. She said, hey, I want to, I want to have you guys take a test. I want to, I want to get him tested for something. Just want to, I want you to get this blood test just to make sure there's no major problems. Uh, We had Brock blood test, is a special blood test. And come to find out that our son has Duchenne muscular dystrophy. If you know anything about Duchenne muscular dystrophy, uh, Duchenne muscular dystrophy is a uh, terminal disease. It is a muscle-wasting disease whereby your body doesn't produce a certain protein that holds your muscles together. What that means is, over time, Brock doesn't get stronger. He actually gets weaker. Uh, that's the reason he's falling down is because his muscles weren't strong enough to help him walk or run as a normal boy. And uh, so we, as we got into this, disease. It was, it was just horrible. Uh, the, the 
prognosis or the outcome typically for the disease is around 12, 13, or 14 years old, kids with Duchenne muscular dystrophy uh, will uh, be in a wheelchair. Uh, they won't be able to walk any longer. They lose ambulation is what they call that. I learned that term along the journey. And then uh, later on in their uh, late teens, early 20s, generally that means uh, that's their life expectancy is late, late teens, early 20s. So we get this news and we're completely distraught over our son, and, and we begin to try and figure out what, what, what can we do, how can we deal with this. Um, and so uh, we, we go through, Brock at this point in time, he, he's not able to stand up from the floor. So if he's playing on the ground, seven-year-old boy, he's not able to, to stand up, all right? You, you got to pick him up. And, and as a father, that's difficult, right? It's like, man, can't, why, why can't my son stand up? And uh, it's hard. So we, we pick him up from the floor, and he's as perfectly happy as, with that as anything else. He just, Daddy, can you pick me up? And we go pick him up. And then um, he's not able to, to climb stairs on his own. Uh, thankful for the, we have children's ministry workers that will carry him where he needs to go, up and down the stairs. Uh, so it's difficult to watch. Does anybody have a difficulty? Anyone have a difficulty? Listen. Uh, sometimes when you have a difficulty, you just wish it would go away, but then it gets a little worse. Anyone ever been there? So, uh, don't cry. You can't preach while you're crying. Okay. Uh, about a month ago, a month and a half ago, we, uh, we were at the mall with my dad and Brock. We, he has a chair now, an electric power wheelchair, uh, an organization provided for him. Uh, for long distances. He can walk still, but he's, I uh, can't walk very far for very long. It's hard on his legs, or he's just, he's prone to fall down. So he's driving this chair through the mall, his Super Brock chair. You should see it. it's got this Super Brock symbol on it. It looks pretty cool. And he cruises around the mall, and uh, sometimes his brother or sister will ride on the back of his chair. Uh, well, this particular time, he's like going as fast as he can down this mall uh, hallway uh, up at Polaris, and uh, my youngest son, Graham, he starts to chase Brock, and he's running after Brock. And then right after that, Lana begins, uh, my daughter, she begins to run and chase both of them. And we see Brock going really fast in his chair, and we see Lana flying past both of them because she's so fast. And we watch Graham, and he is trying his hardest to run, and we realize for the very first time, what is going on with Graham? And so uh, about a month ago, we, this is when this happened, and uh, we thought, man, maybe he has it too. And we had him tested that Friday. The, they called it in. And so we have two children with Duchenne muscular dystrophy. And I don't tell you that to feel bad for me. I'm not even the one with the problem. I'm the father of the ones with the problem. And they're perfectly content with how they are. And they don't really know the details of it. But it is difficult. And it's something I deal with every day. And so I've, I've, I've come to develop this concern for other people's problems too because it's not always fun and games it's not life is difficult uh 2019 if, if you had a great 2018 and some of you you've made more money this year than you've ever made your family's doing great your kids are healthy and everything's great i've learned enough now to know that Trials always come, and if you're not in one currently, a difficulty will be coming, and we have to know how to deal with the difficult time. I want you to turn in your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 
In 2 Corinthians, Paul talks about a difficult time that he had where he asked God, he begged God to take it away. And I think we can find some help in here today. And to be honest, uh, the question that I wanted to answer was, how can I biblically deal with life's problems even if they never go away? Some of your 2018 problems are going to stop and there's going to be a resolution and it's going to get better. But some things that we deal with, they don't go away. They're ongoing. They're ongoing hurts and heartaches and pains and struggles. And so often, and we're going to see here, we, we say, God, change it. God, change it. God, change it. God, change it. And God decides not to change it. So what do we do then? And very simply, I, I want to answer it here and then I want to study. Sometimes the answer is not change the circumstance. Sometimes God wants to change you and change your perspective of the circumstance. Let's read. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 7. Paul says, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. God gave him some revelations which he was able to write down. He says, God's going to humble me. Here's what he says. He says, There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Look at this statement. He says, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Paul, he goes in to explain about this thorn, this problem. We don't know what the problem is. Some people believe it's a health issue. Some people believe it's other things. And we don't know. That's the thing. We don't know what his problem was. But he says it was a thorn in the flesh that he was given. What we see here is that life is difficult. Paul was given a thorn in the flesh. Do you know problems are simply natural to this life? Do you know that? It's just so natural. Often, you know, people get saved and they, they receive Christ as their Savior. I'm going to follow God and then they fall into trouble in hard times. Say, God, why, don't, why did you let this happen to me? The truth is, life is hard and sometimes bad things happen even to good people. The Bible talks in Romans 5.12, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. We have to look back at the very beginning in the fact that disease and death and trouble and strife and heartache and difficult circumstances came not because of God. God created everything perfect, but man sinned, and that stinking sin is passed down to every one of us, and it affects every one of us. Some of us in different ways. But sin is the, at the root of it all. And sin happens in this world now naturally. And so it's not always God's fault that something difficult has happened to me. And you know, it's not always God's fault, but it's also not your fault all the time that you're going through difficult circumstances. Look what Paul said. You know, we read the word. It says, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. He said, I didn't go out looking for this. I didn't want this, but it happened. Something is going on in Paul's life that he says, I didn't, didn't choose this life. I didn't choose this heartache. I didn't choose this difficulty, but it's here. In Ecclesiastes chapter 9, the Bible gives us a little wisdom on this. 
Ecclesiastes 9.11 says, I returned and I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches of men, riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. But time and chance happeneth to them all. Not everything in life happens because of good luck, bad luck, blessings, or cursings. Sometimes things just happen because that's how God set things up to happen. Time and chance happeneth to them all. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, the Bible says that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good. Sometimes the evil get the blessings just as well as God's people get the blessings. And it says, and he sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Sometimes that's just how life is. You understand? A lot of us look at our problems, God, why me? Why me? Why not you? It happens. Sometimes life is difficult, and it's not our fault, but sometimes we experience difficult times because of the actions of others. Romans 14, 7 tells us, For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. Some of you are experiencing difficult circumstances right now, not because of anything you did, not because of anything God did, because it's because somebody in your family did something, or somebody did something to you. And that's just as much of a burden as a care as any other thing. And maybe it's not right that you have this in your life, but it is there. So we have to figure out what to do with it. Other times, with difficult circumstances, God does bring them into your life. Did you know that? You think back in the book of Genesis with Joseph. Joseph in his coat of many colors. Uh, Joseph, he had a good life. He was this promised son. But Joseph ended up being sold into slavery, put into jail, lied about, and he stayed in jail for a long time. Do you know why? It's because God had something planned for him on the other side of all those difficult circumstances. See, the, the difficult times were simply God setting Joseph up to do something else later that he could not do if he didn't go through those times. God does this. We see it in the example of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the one who is our example, the one who we follow in his steps. If he suffered, don't you think we also should suffer, should have difficult times? He experienced the pain of the cross, the agony of our sin, but God had him go through that for, for a purpose so that you and I could benefit and be saved so that every one of your sins could be forgiven. Listen, life is difficult. Secondly, I want you to see that pain is real. Pain is real. Look back in our passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. It says, There was given to me this thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. We don't use the, that word in this way any longer. This word buffet me is a word that means to torment me. It's a word that means punish. It's a word that means to cause pain. This thorn in the flesh was something that tormented him. It was always on his mind. It constantly had his focus. It constantly had his attention. He couldn't escape it. 
It was punishing him. It was causing him pain. So what did he do? He says, for this thing, verse 8, I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. Do you know what that means, he besought the Lord thrice? That's a fancy Bible way of saying he got down on his knees and he said, God, take it away. Take it away from me. Have you ever prayed like that? Maybe you don't pray like that in church at the, at the, at the altar, but maybe you do when you're driving. Or maybe you do when you're by yourself. And you say, God, this difficult thing, please take it away. Do you know why you're crying out like that? Because it hurts. Because it's hard. Because it's painful. And this is real. This is what you're dealing with, and this is also what I'm dealing with. And he said to God, not one time, not two times, but three times, take it away. Please, God, take it away. Please, God, take it away. He asked God, get this out of my life. You know what we do when we're praying and we say, take it away, take it away? Sometimes we start to lose hope. We, the, we don't see a light at the end of the tunnel anymore, right? We, it looks dark out there. It's 2019, listen, it, it's going to come. Let me just get through this, okay? Let me just deal with what I'm dealing with right now. And then we come to church and we hear messages about evangelism, messages about reaching people, messages about greater things. And we're all thinking, greater things, I just need to get this problem handled, I just got, my family's broken up. I've just got this issue. Whatever your issue is, financial issue, marriage. I know that there's people in here that have lost loved ones. We've got stuff on our minds. We say, God, take this pain away. What did God say to Paul? Look in verse 9. And he said unto me, this is going to be good. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. He begged God. He said, God, take it away. God, take it away. God, make this pain stop. I can't deal with it any longer. I can't deal with it any longer. And you know what God said? I'm not taking it away. I'm not taking it away. Could God have taken it away? Yes, he could take it away. But in this circumstance with the Apostle Paul, he said, no. Here's what, I, here's what his answer was instead. He said, my grace is sufficient. The word grace is a word that means God's strength, God's ability. And this right here, God was saying, listen, you're over here crying, God, take it away, take it away, like you're dealing with it all by yourself. But the truth is, if you're a Christian, you're not dealing with it all by yourself. God says, no, no. My grace, my strength is with you. Do you get that? When you're all by yourself, when you're discouraged, when you're upset with a problem and you don't know why it's not going away, you're not all by yourself. God says it's in that time that my strength is enough. He said, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness God's strength 
is made even stronger when you are at your weakest. Do you understand that? When we can't do it anymore, that's a good place to be because that's when God says, that's great because I'm here to be your strength. It's not about us having to toughen it up and, and make it through because I, if, if you're like me, I'm just a big baby, really. I can't make it through. It's too much. It's too much to handle. This strength is an inner strength. The Holy Spirit lives within us. Often I'll tell Brock, and uh, I thought about this as I was preparing, Brock will get frustrated that he can't do something. Could you imagine not being able to to stand up and go play with a toy you want to go play with or um, whatever? I could tell you a million sad things that he has to deal with. But he, he doesn't always get frustrated. He usually handles it well. But I'll have to take him aside and sometimes I'll explain to him God, that God has made him different. And God has made him strong on the inside. And God says, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. You think of James chapter 1. Hey, I need some of those, man. Thank you. That's my man right here. All right, thank you. James chapter 1, verse 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. This isn't talking about a sinful temptation. This is talking about different kinds of difficult circumstances, different kinds of trials. Count it joy. It's hard to count it joy when you lose a job, when someone's sick, when you're in pain, isn't it? But there's a reason why. The Bible says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. The Bible said, went back in 2 Corinthians, God's strength is made perfect in weakness. God wants to make us better through this. God wants to work something out in you that's not already in you, that can only be worked out in a difficult time, in a difficult circumstance. 2 Timothy chapter 2 reminds us as Christians, as Christian soldiers who are on this path of discipleship, that we should endure hardness. 2 Timothy 2.3. Pretty good encouragement for a soldier. Endure hardness. That means you keep going. Sometimes I have, I have honestly thought, I am just going to quit I'm going to quit the church. I'm going to quit this family. I'm just going to go start over somewhere. Listen, have you ever, listen, I never did and I didn't, okay? But I'm here. Uh, have you ever felt in the midst of something so hard, you're just like, I am done with this. Uh, I'm, I'm, I can't do it anymore. We feel that way. We want to quit. But if you quit, you're going to miss out on all these blessings that the scripture talks about. The Bible says endure hardness as a good soldier. Let patience have her perfect 
work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Turn back to 2 Corinthians, where we were at. I'm going to continue in the passage. Verse number 9, God said, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And Paul says, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Listen, we're not very successful when we try and do it in our own power, are we? We're not very successful when we, we try to be strong and, and, and see it through and get it done, are we? And that's exactly what Paul said. He said, I figured with this thorn, I cannot fix it. I cannot make it go away. I cannot get through this by myself. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to be strong anymore in myself. I am going to be weak, and I'm going to, I'm going to glory in my infirmities. I'm going to say, God, you've given me this thorn. You've given me this difficulty. I'm going to embrace the difficulty. It is now my difficulty with your strength. It's not my difficulty all by myself with my strength. It's my difficulty with your strength. Verse 10 says, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. See, one of the benefits of being a Christian is not only that Jesus saves us from our sin, it's that he stays with us and he provides us with strength. And he invites every single person to partake of this strength. He asks every single one of us, when you're heavy laden, when you have a burden, you can give it to me. You can come to me. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I want you to see one more passage, if you turn there in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4, verse number 17. Earlier, in this passage, he talks about the persecutions and the difficulty that him and the other disciples went through, followers of Christ. Now, if you know anything about the Apostle Paul, he didn't have any easy way to go in his time as a disciple and, and starting churches and preaching. He was in want. He was often in danger. He faced stoning. Uh, he was often persecuted, and he was constantly exposed to death, whether that's on a boat or on land. He, was, he went through it as a disciple of Christ. But I want you to see the perspective that he had in 2 Corinthians 4, verse number 17. He says, For our light affliction which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. He calls his, he calls his difficulty light affliction. It wasn't light. 
but he calls it light. Do you know why he can call his difficulty light affliction? And then he says it's not only light affliction, but it, it is just for a moment. If you've ever been hurting, if you've ever had a difficult time, if you're in a difficult time right now, it lasts forever. Do you understand me? It goes on and on and on and on and on and on and never ever ends. It doesn't go away. And he's saying, listen, this is light affliction, which is but for a moment. Look at verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You know what he's telling us here? Even if the trial never ends, there is hope. Listen, here's what it means here. If my son never is able to pick himself off the ground again, what this verse is saying is one day, if he knows Christ, he will. Do you understand? If your difficulty never ever goes away, one day it will. And based upon all of the joy and all of the glory and all of the peace that's up there, all of our difficulty down here is light affliction that's just for a moment. It seems like a long time, but it's light. There is hope. So how can we biblically deal with life's problems even if they never go away? Here's three simple things if you want to write it down and summarize. Here's what I know. When I am down, here's what I remember according to Scripture. And sometimes, to be honest, I don't remember it too quickly. Number one, you need to know and remember that God is with you. God is with you. You are not alone in your difficulty. God is with you. And when you are there in your difficulty, he's not only just, he's not a spectator just watching you. He's in there with you, living inside of you, giving you strength. He's asking you to cast your care upon him because he cares for you. God is with you. Number two, God is good. God is good. What that means is, listen, I'm not saying the situation is good or happy or pleasant at all. But have you considered and allowed God to transform your perspective according to what the Bible says? And it's the fact that in your difficult time, God is working out something in you. Maybe God is preparing you for something. There's one passage of Scripture that tells us that in the same way that God comforts us, we'll be able to comfort others. You know, I um, had an opportunity to preach at a prison last Sunday night, and uh, I got to teach through this story of Mary and Joseph. And in the midst of that story is a lot of heartache and turmoil. But what I tried to communicate was that even in the midst of a difficult time like that, God provided a gift, Christ. And in our difficult times, when we believe by faith that God is good, we believe that he works all things together for good to them that love him, 
We, we understand those things. We can stop in the middle of whatever is going on and say, God, what are you trying to show me through this? What opportunity is there? Maybe an opportunity for further ministry to your family members. Maybe it's an opportunity, opportunity to reach people that you've never would have interacted with otherwise. Somehow, some way, if we're Christians and we believe this book, we have to believe that God is good. And the third thing this morning, what you need to remember is simply this. There is hope. If your problem never gets solved on this earth, listen, it's coming, okay? I think that's why, I mean, life is so difficult. I, I, that's what makes heaven so appealing is that one day, there won't be any death there. There won't be any suffering there. There won't be any stupid diseases there. It won't happen there. And for a short time, we deal with it here with the help of the Lord. But never, ever lose hope. There is coming a day where your problem will be solved. It might not be now, but it will be later. Later.